Good to have you. Good to have you back. Bill Michael show continues. We are a week away from uh, Packers training camp getting ready to open up. Some of the NFL training camps did open up today. And uh, we've talked a little bit about it. Uh, we were also talking some Brewers baseball, talk some national stuff with our buddy Bob Nightingale from USA Today coming up in just a little bit, about a half hour from now. We're going to talk with our old friend Ben Kenny, who is out in Philadelphia now. And uh, he's going to talk to us about the Phillies side of things. And we were sitting here discussing before the top of the hour the Northwestern uh, scandal that is going on right now via hazing. Uh, criminal charges could possibly be fired against Pat Fitzgerald, the former head coach of the football program, and um, they are talking about criminal uh, criminalizing the hazing charges against others as well, which can be anywhere from a misdemeanor all the way up to a year in prison. But nevertheless, um, it was, uh, it, it, as the details continue to come out, it it's, you've you got to wonder, with some of these athletic departments, and you go all the way back to, uh, who was the kid, Miles... Um, the kid with Alabama, the, the the point guard with Alabama this past year who took a gun, a loaded gun, they had him on text message giving the gun to another player who then shot and killed his girlfriend. Brandon Miller, second overall pick. Brandon Miller, thank you very much. Yes, Brandon Miller. Didn't affect him. Didn't affect him. Nobody gave a damn. Guy took a loaded gun, told the guy it was loaded in so many terms, told the guy it was loaded. The guy then turns around, it was either his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend, but shot her, killed her. And they claimed he was wrong place at the wrong time, which is a joke. Uh, you you know, if this, again, going back to the Penn State scandal, long time before anybody spoke up. Why? Because nobody wanted to upset the apple cart because of winning. And I said all along, I mean, I you know, you watch that movie uh, Paterno. You ever watch that movie, Grant? I never How saw it. I remember when it was really hyped up, and then, like so many other movies, I just never got around to it. Yeah, the movie Paterno was interesting because um, in it, they portrayed Joe as this bumbling, non-knowledgeable guy. Uh, but his, but they portrayed his wife as she knew what was going on. You know, she she was... She said, oh, my God, this guy handled our kids at a pool. And, you know, was you know, there were there were some segments in there where you kind of raised an eyebrow. I went, wait a minute. Did did she know? I mean, how how true to life was this? You know, how true to the truth? Um, and I've always said had Joe Paterno lived, he would have went to jail because he lied. He lied to the grand jury, flat out said he didn't know anything about it. And then turns out he did know about it. He did. He was a part of an insurance investigation and a claim against Penn State University that he had to testify at. So he did know about it. He did know what was going on. And they were preparing a case against him before he got sick and died. Um, but, again, that was in, you know, that was held close to the vest for a long time because of winning. You just wonder if Northwestern was highly successful if this would have come out, if this eventually would have been leaked the way it was if there would have been lawsuits and such involved, other than just being an academic institution. It's just kind of an, oh, by the way, yeah, we're here to play football and basketball and baseball and everything else. But you wonder, you know, same thing down in Alabama. You know, Mills gets second overall pick. And they figured out a way to let him play because he was just, quote, as I said, wrong place, wrong time, even though he took a gun to a murder. <laughs> and he was, the, he was short of pulling a trigger. He was pretty much the cause of the murder. You know, knew what was going to happen. Um, you just kind of wonder how... 
bad things have to get before finally these things are taken more seriously. I always, look, there's always going to be some type of, quote, initiation. I get it. There's fun. You know, like you go to the NFL, the rookies have to sing, or they do the turkey, the Thanksgiving Day thing where they send them to a grocery store to pick up the turkeys on credit, and they get there, and the turkeys are like $2,000 or something. You know, those are funny things, right? Or a rookie goes out, and then all the offensive linemen, the veterans walk out on the guy, and the guy's stuck with a $10,000 tab down at a place like Carnivore or something like that in downtown Milwaukee. Okay, we've seen that. Those are funny. But this, where you're physically abusing and humiliating people, all for the sake of your own jocularity, I mean, it's like, man, when is this, when, when are some of the athletic departments going to quit turning a blind eye to some of this stuff? It's just crazy. And culturally, it's just awful. And now, if I'm a parent, and we've talked about this before regarding Penn State, look how long it's taken Penn State to, to turn it around, to try to become what Penn, and that's Penn State who's had years of football success championships northwestern doesn't have that kind of reputation northwestern you could pretty much say their department their athletic department dead in the water now dead in the water it's going to be years before they have any kind of success i mean decades they're just they're not a great institution to begin with when it comes to when it comes to sports and great academics absolutely medical medical department fantastic business department really good but as far as athletics go, trying to recruit, if you're a coach, yeah, you might want to take the money, but you're never going to have you know success there. It's not your stepping stone unless you get really, 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 really lucky and you're just simply able to pay more via the portal to get some of the guys to go there. But other than that, Evanston, is a, it's a pit. It's like playing in a glorified high school stadium, and now you've got this scandal on top of it. You might as well just shut down the athletic department, just become an, a, a medical institution and call it a day because this has just destroyed that place. And, and the thing about it is, um, for Pat Fitzgerald, their head coach, he went there. He was trying to rebuild the legacy and try to build the stature. And remember a couple of years back when they were, you know, featured on ESPN, they were a team that was on the rise and giving jerseys and bringing in Mike Greenberg. And, you know, they were being highlighted uh, in, in the top, what, top 25 and, I mean, things were really good, and he was trying to restore any kind of luster that it may have had to the athletic department, and now this, it's destroyed. It's gone. It's gone for a long, 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 long time. Uh, 877-867-1670. This was from Travis. He said, hey, Bill, great show as usual. Back in the day, my aunt was a snowflake geen at the ski jump in Westby. Uh, Best and worst concert uh, was Garth Brooks, amazing atmosphere, great entertainer. But I went to see him not for him to stop singing uh, and hold up the mic so the crowd could sing every song. Uh, that's Mailman Travis. Yeah, that's the other thing. Everybody knows whenever you're going to see Bon Jovi, you're going to sing Live It on a Prayer. Okay, we all know that. But I agree. There's a lot of times, man, where you get a lot of concerts where people just hold the microphone out and go, come on, sing. It's great crowd participation because you're getting your fans into it. But most people are there to hear you sing it. No doubt. Thank you very much. <laughs> Didn't know we were going there. Um, this one is from a Joe. Who, oh, this is long. Uh, on a different note, I thought a lot of things uh, comes when it comes to baseball. Most people say you have to wait until Memorial Day to really know what you have. I could tell after two and a half to three weeks what this team was. Many critics and fans say that you uh, can win a World Series with strong pitching combined with the good use 
uh, of launch angle and exit velocity, but I think you need a strong starting pitching with consistent bullpen work and an offense that can supplement itself with fundamental offensive game plan. Uh, as an extension of this theory, you have uh, said this team needs to acquire one bat and probably an arm to go forward. I would contend this team, if I were being real, needs at least two bats. No, I, I would say to at least feel that you're moving in the right direction, you need at least a bat and an arm. I agree with you. I think you need three bats, to be honest with you. You need a third baseman, a first baseman, and you need a right fielder. Those are where your holes are. I will say this. I really like the youth. I do. But, Grant, is it just me or does Joey Weimer at times at the plate look awful? Yeah, Did when you it's... watch him swing at breaking balls yesterday? His back foot was wrapping around like he was doing some kind of pirouette. Oh, my God, it was embarrassing. When he's not succeeding, it, it doesn't look pretty a lot. Uh, and he's a guy, he doesn't make contact often, but when he does, it's it's hard. And the launch angle, not to be that guy, is typically there. So if there's runners on, on second or third with less than two outs, I like Joey Weimer being at the plate because I know if he puts the ball in play, it's probably going to be up in the air. Um, mm-hmm. And in the past, you know, some struggling Brewers hitters, they'll pound it into the ground. That's not doing anybody any good. I'm with you 100%. Yeah, Joey Weimer takes a lot of lumps. He's not very good with the breaking ball. That's something he's got to work at and figure out at the major league level. But who else? He plays a good center field. They can trust him in center field defensively. You know how important that is right up the middle of the field, especially to council. But, yeah, it doesn't always look pretty, Bill. You were definitely right. It's, yeah, Joey Weimer, um, his swing yesterday, he stepped out on a breaking ball, swung at it wildly, so much so that his back foot – then wrapped around his front foot from behind to where he looked like he was kind of like doing a plie or a pure wedge. Some kind of just it was just terrible. It was it was awful. It was watching him swing at two breaking balls was just embarrassing. He, you know what he reminded me of uh, of the movie Major League and Serrano, who just couldn't hit a breaking ball to save his life and ended up pounding himself in the helmet with a baseball bat. It, it, you know until finally he just you know f you Joe Boo and then he hits the ball and you know country mile and. The rest is history, but uh, it, it reminded me of that. He just could not, for the life of him, uh, catch up to a breaking ball. Oh, my God, it looks so bad. It's a knee buckler. Holy mackerel. Uh, but so they could use three bats. I completely agree with you, 100%. Pac-Fan says uh, the uh, Northwestern best journalism school in the Big Ten. They are. They have a good uh, a good journalism department. No doubt about that. Would agree with that. 877 877-867-1670. 1670. Uh, Bill, the infield play is sporadic, uh, albeit the defense is extremely good. Offensively, they, te- they tend to be hit or miss. Um, yeah, but every ball club's like that. I- I'm talking about offensively, not defensively. Defensively, up the gut, they've been really, really good. Corners, not so good. Up the gut, really good. And going back to when you had Garrett Mitchell in center, Weimer in right, and uh, Christian Yelich in left, boy, I tell you what, it would take a real legit poke i mean with some scream on it for it to get into uh, into one of the gaps because you had some serious speed out there some serious speed no doubt um but uh, up the gut is good uh on the corners not so good and then, you know i mean especially first base first base is kind of a revolving door of defensive ineptitude for the most part 
I mean, I know they were playing Owen Miller over there, but he looked uncomfortable. I mean, my God, I, even one of the pickoff moves from Colin Ray, Colin Ray welled a ball over there. It was right. Had he not hit, had, had Owen Miller not had a, at least glance off of his glove, it may have hit him right in the face. I mean, the, the throw was right there, and he just couldn't catch up to it. He, he didn't have – it was a quick snap, hard, 90-mile-an-hour fastball over to first base, and Owen Miller couldn't catch up to it. You know, so he just looks – he looks out of sorts. His foot placement is bad. You know, he's trying to swipe tag from, from you know, a, a catching a ball in front of him to, to well behind him rather than being able to actually straddle the base. You know, so it, they, they don't have a lot of options over at first right now. No doubt. Uh, this is from Chris. Chris says, uh, hey, guys, great show, great memories. Uh, a lot of rock music that I've seen in my time, but one of the best concerts I recently saw was Billy Joel at Lambeau Field. I heard that was really good. I didn't see it, but I heard it was really good. Uh, anytime you can combine the Green Bay Packers and a great concert, that's the way to go. There you go. Okay. Billy Joel Lambeau Field noted. They've had a couple of country concerts there, too. I know they, they, they're they trying to utilize that to do, you know, concerts and such, but I know the grounds crew hates it. I mean, they hate it because that is hallowed ground. Oh, you know, no. you fart on that grass and they throw you out. Bill, we saw Dead and Company at Wrigley a couple of weeks ago, which is what's mm -hmm. left of the Grateful Dead and a couple new members. And we've gone the last couple summers. It's really fun. But there's an usher to every section. And the guy in our section, he was sitting just a couple feet in front of us because we were in the second row of our section. He had his little camp chair. And I could tell this guy's story. This guy's probably worked at the ballpark for decades. Older mm -hmm. gentleman takes his job seriously, right? Polo right. tucked in, belt, watch, dress shoes. And he went to and from, up and down the aisle, to anyone who lit up a joint or lit up anything, he would tell them to go put it out. <laughs> put that no smoking in here. And at one point, because I, I was fascinated by this guy. Over the separate, you saw that in Chicago? Yeah, where it's legal. Chicago, yeah, Chicago yes. is a walking joint. I yes. mean, if you just drive down the street, you get a contact buzz in Chicago but now. But not in this guy. This guy, he took his, this is his oh. section. He's probably been working it for years, or at least this is what I want to think of this guy. Right. This is the story I, I made up for him. And a guy came down on the set break, and he's like, buddy, look around. Look at everyone in here smoking. He goes, those are my sections. This is my section. You don't smoke in my section. I'm like, honestly, this old man, I love him. Good for him. If he has the energy <laughs> and the attitude to do this with this crowd, honestly, more power to him. I got such and a And if he's that him. old, he's probably going home and firing up some medicinal marijuana. Yeah. You know, he's probably yep. trying to fix his glaucoma or maybe he's got an aching hip or a back and yep. he's going home and getting stoned out of the bejesus belt. And then he goes back into work for another concert. Not in my section. <laughs> Not smoking in my. This is hallowed ground. This is Wrigley Field. So you're exactly right about here. the grounds crew. Yep, no doubt. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out and take a quick break and hang out and then uh, come back. Don't forget Ben Kenny coming up at the bottom of the hour to give us a lowdown on the Phillies. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at The Water Doctors, H2, the letter O, doctors.com. And uh, John Atley and his staff, not only do they have a terrific product, the best water softening system out there is a Connecticut. I, I have it in my house. But... They can also help you out if you need one anywhere in the state of Wisconsin. Call them 262-549-7733, 262-549-7733. And they are also uh, one of the two stage sponsors for the band and the music coming up after the motorcycle ride on Sunday, September 3rd. We cannot do this without them. Thanks so much to John Atley and the whole gang from the Water Doctors. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
have you back. Uh, I got an email, and uh, this was from Jesse, who said, uh, Hey, Bill, uh, when are you heading out to Sturgis? I plan on listening to the Packers game while I'm out there. Uh, don't forget the Green Bay Packers. But when we get back that uh, Saturday, the Packers game will be that Friday night. So they'll be playing in Cincinnati. It pains me. Um, had I known that the Packers were going to be playing a preseason game in Cincinnati, probably, hate to say it, but probably would have cut the uh, the trip to uh, out there a little bit short. But uh, we're committed to a lot of different stuff out there at the time. So we, we got to go. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to be uh, – we leave on the 3rd, I think, something like that, and don't get back until, like, Saturday or Sunday the following week. So uh, we leave, I think, on Thursday the 3rd, and we get back on, like, the 12th or 13th, I think is what it is. I'm not positive. Uh, by the way, uh, and he asks, he said, what was that uh, place that you were talking about that had canvas prints? That is our buddy uh, Steve and the gang at Sound Art USA. Go to Sound Art USA, and they are one of our sponsors for on-site in Sturgis, and they have been for a long time, along with the guys from the Stinger Bar and Jesse and the gang from Full Throttle. But Sound Art USA, it's amazing. It, you can take any picture, take some of your best pictures. It uh, well, doesn't matter if it's on your phone or camera or whatever. And you go to Sound Art USA, you can pick out either the artwork you want or you can send them a picture and you can look at the size and um in the in the picture the back of the picture is actually a speaker it's a canvas print wrapped around the speaker you never know it never know it whenever i i've got a picture they did for me uh, i'm sitting on a harley davidson it sits above in my bedroom in the above the fireplace in my bedroom and so like when we have company and stuff uh i'll plug that in and have my an old I hate to say this but an old like an ipod type of thing but it it's bluetooth it hooks into that speaker and so when people come into the bedroom there's music playing and they have no idea where the music's playing and it sounds as good as anything you've you've got whether it's a stereo system or whatever they're awesome i, I can't recommend them enough go to soundartusa.com or if you're like me and you're going to sturgis and you got some terrific biker pictures man steve will be on site out there give it to him They'll turn it around for you in about a week and send it to you, and they're just awesome. So check out our friends at Sound Art USA. Sound Art USA. There you go. So, But that's when we're going. So we, we if you're going out, we hope to see you out there. We'll be uh, doing the show. Um, we'll be doing the show on uh, – because, Grant, do you know the schedule, by the way? Do I know the Sturgis schedule? Uh, yeah, because no. we uh, – so you um, – Let's see here. You're going to be doing the show on the 4th, which is a week from Friday. And then I'm doing the show from Sturgis on Monday and Tuesday, the 7th and the 8th. And then you're doing the show, you and whomever, will be 9, 10, and 11. Gotcha. Did you know that? I'm here okay. from 10 to 2. I'm here from 10 to 2 no matter what I'm doing. That's always. Okay. I'm always right. ready to go. Whatever you okay. need. Okay. So, and that, I believe the 11th is that Packers-Bengals uh, game. So we're going to be driving home at that period of time, and I'll probably be watching it somewhere on the road because uh, we don't do the postgame show during the, the preseason. We only do it during the regular season. And we'll start the uh, the huddles uh, coming up, I believe, on September 6th. The huddles will start. So uh, that that's when the huddles are going to get going. But, yeah, that's, so that's kind of our schedule. we got a lot coming up. I mean, a lot. Uh, next week starts this run. 
Um, Wednesday, we're going to be at Franklin Field down in Franklin where the uh, Milkmen play. Uh, Thursday, we're going to be in Green Bay at Packers Training Camp. Friday, we're going to be at Road America. Uh, then we're all leaving for Sturgis the week after that. Uh, Sturgis, 7th and 8th, and then back, uh, you know, by the time I get back on the air, it'll be the 14th, and then we'll be fully enveloped into, uh, or excuse me, uh, on the 7th, then we'll be fully enveloped into, uh, into uh, you know, Packers football and such and training camp and such. We'll get back up to, to train, training camp. So there you go. Uh, Luke says, by the way, Blanton's bourbon on the rocks is awesome. I can't find, I, I will say this, and I'll put the call out for this. I'm not looking for it for myself, Okay. We are looking for a bottle of Blanton's. Uh, we're looking for one more donation for the whiskey basket. And we had one. And if you've got one, great. I'm even willing to buy it from you. But uh, we, we had a bottle of Blanton's. And we were going to get. And the person that was going to get it to us could not get it, uh, apparently. So uh, if you've got one, let us know. Let us know. We'd love to get it because we want to add it to our whiskey basket, which is one of the prize packages for the motorcycle ride. So good stuff. Um, yes, I know it's very hard to get Blanton's and a couple other ones. They, because of the amount of, that they don't produce, they'll, instead of giving like larger markets more, they'll just give each individual store like one or two and that's it. Everybody just gets one or two and that's it. And they're hard to get. And you know what? Then again, it also creates demand because when you hear one's coming, everybody starts bidding on it and it drives the price up. So, you know, when you've got a good product, go for it, man. I, I do the same thing, probably. Uh, Jack says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, I think the Brewers need two bats and an arm. Uh, middle relief in the bullpen would be great, but they're probably going to need a starter. I don't think Wade Miley or Woodruff is going to be back anytime soon. They've got enough arms that can sustain. If it's if you're talking about just a matter of getting you through, say, the second week of August, you've got enough. But if you know Woodruff isn't coming back and Miley's going to have this elbow issue that's going to flare up and he's not going to be able to pitch not only going through August into September, but also come October, then, yeah, you got to go find an arm. you got to find another starting arm. But you only have so much to trade away. You know, it, it just depends on what you're going to take on. And I, two bats, absolutely. You know, I'd love – they need a bat. They have to do something or two. I have a feeling what they're going to do is get a bat and then start shuffling guys up from the minors. And it may be a Kesson Hero type of deal where they bring him up and hope he catches fire for just a month, propels that team to the postseason, and then kind of go from there. But I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll break. And why? Because we'll talk to our buddy Ben Kenny coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk to Ben about what's going on in Philly. And we'll get his perspective on all of this. And, uh, you know, he, he's I'm sure he's at Citizens Bank, probably up close and personal, watching this series. And we'll see what his thoughts are now that he has left town and how much grief he wants to give me as to whether or not Christian Yelich is actually going to get past the 18-and-a-half mark when it comes to home runs on the season. And we'll uh, check in with him on his golf game. And in addition to that, you uh, got the uh, Open Championship, which begins tomorrow. And I'm sure right now Ben is out somewhere at Dick Sporting Goods seeking new pants. Because either that or you may not be wearing any. Who knows? So we'll check in with him on that. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
continuing on on this uh, on this beautiful Wednesday. Don't forget tonight, uh, I'll see you on a Wednesday Night Live down at the Wisconsin State Fair Park at the Bud Pavilion tonight. And they're uh, going to be doing some stuff down there, so looking forward to that as well. Joining us now from the East Coast, longtime producer, although, uh, you know, a few years anyway, uh, our one Ben Kenny at Ben Z. Kenny. You can find him over on Twitter. Good stuff. Ben, how you doing, pal? Bill Michaels. I'm wonderful. That sounds great down at the at the, uh, at the state fair. Yeah, I'm going to be heading down there, and uh, who knows? Maybe I'll sneak into the pavilion and grab myself a cream puff as we get close to state fair time. So before you, before it's all said and done, uh, let me ask you this: uh, How's the golf game? Oh, it's terrible. It's never been worse. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> nah. Listen, you don't know how good you have it living out there until you're gone. Now, obviously, you can only play during five months of the season. But you move to a city, your schedule changes, and then golf just becomes completely obsolete. So I've played once. It's terrible. <laughs> so are you giddy tomorrow for the start of the Open Championship? Well, yes. Um, I have it. So the schedule changes. I, I work at night sometimes. The body clock is all messed up. I actually think I, I might wake myself up at 3 a.m. to start taking in the action. I'm actually going to be down at the ballpark tonight to, to uh, catch. I wanted to watch Wade Miley pitch. I was more excited for that than I have been for any. Because he's the X time. factor, Ben. I said at the beginning <laughs> of the season he was the X factor. That's why. Yeah, he's fine. Or or maybe he was due to get shelled. Um, but he got put on the IL, and now it's Colin Ray. But whatever. But no, I'm I'm pumped for the Open. I don't know. I still kind of getting used to not working from Monday to Friday. I'm, I'm sure in your earlier radio career this happened yeah. as well. Oh, God. In my early radio career, I was working any hour they gave me. I was I was working weekends. I was going to games. And you're standing there in a locker room holding a microphone in front of a, a player. You're like, I can't believe I do this for a living. Oh, God, I was doing everything. Anything I could possibly do, I would do. Yeah, I find myself more arguing. Uh, we're, we're in a tough spot out here because there are things that are happening with the team that are very positive. Uh, and one of them is Kyle Schwarber, and it happened last night. He went deep. He's the leadoff hitter, and he's hitting about 180, uh, and that might be generous. Oh, he's up to 189, actually. He's at a hot stretch. I, I spend most of my night arguing with people about whether he should hit leadoff. So my next question then becomes, uh, are you uh, going to run over to the Brewers dugout and check and see uh, what's going on with one young Christian Yelich? Well, I, I don't think I need to do any checking, Bill. He's incredible. Is, is, is he back? I'll ask <laughs> oh boy, you that. No. I'll turn the tables. No. He's not. We <laughs> went through not? this yesterday. Oh, my God, he's not back. Well, because, one, uh, six weeks of a season does not make you back. And uh, secondly, it's because if you're comparing it to the numbers that he had before he ended up getting injured, he hit 40-plus home runs. He was hitting 326, a slugging percentage uh, and, a, and a whip, uh, or excuse me, uh, and an OPS over one. And he's nowhere near that. So, I mean, he's doing much, much better, absolutely. And he's he's the best player right now the Brewers have. But to say, quote, he's back, it depends on where you're setting the bar. Yeah, my bar is pretty low after the last couple <laughs> of years, to be honest. But, no, when you're – when Yelich is, I mean, by far the best hitter on the team right now. So, he, he gets elevated because of that. Yeah, he's back up. He's, he's actually driving the baseball. His OPS is above 840. Like he's got the little little yellow swag going. He's leading off games in Cincinnati, going oppo. But there's the the energy is back. How about that? Maybe not him the, as a player yes. all the way. 
I'll agree with you on the energy. I don't know necessarily about anything else, but I'll agree with you on the energy. And the fact that, that at least he's doing something at least resembling the back of his baseball card where there's a lot of guys that aren't. So speaking of that, so tell me about your Phillies in the sense of they were supposed to be contending for the top spot in the division. Really, it's Atlanta running away with it, and the Phillies have had their own ups and downs. Well, gosh, nobody in baseball can contend with the Braves. I don't care how, how amazing you are. They're resembling the most prime Yankees years right now. They've lost three straight. They're, they're 30 games over 500. It's ridiculous. So the fact that the division is over is obviously a gut punch for a team with the payroll of the Phillies and with the expectation. But it was more so focused inward, I felt like. They started the season really shaky. They, kind, they felt as if things deserved to be handed to them after getting better on paper after the World Series run. And they came out of the gate. The stars weren't hitting. The only guys that were actually contributing were the young guys. And like the things you expect good baseball teams to do, like base running and catching fly balls in the outfield, they, they just couldn't do. So since June, most of that has turned around. They still haven't really gotten the stars up and going, but the pitching's been incredible. With uh, Taiwan Walker, they added in the offseason, and the guys they've had with Nola Wheeler and Ranger Suarez, the bullpen has been the best I've seen maybe in my whole life, definitely since the mid-2000s in Philadelphia. And, yeah, they've, they've completely turned it around. They're, I think, 27-11 and 11 in the last 38, and the record might actually be better than that. So while it took a while to return to the form that many expected to start the year, everyone's fine. Everyone's excited. There's an acceptance that a wild card is the likely path. And nowadays, if you get into a wild card, it's not one game. You're getting a series, and it could be at home if you end up being that first wild card. So everyone's excited. We're looking at the deadline. Some big moves are probably coming with Dombrowski's history as, as general manager. So even though the, the start was bad and they still fail to do basic things like not get picked off first base, they are starting to play like we expected them to. Hi, Ben. Uh, producer Grant Bills here. Uh, Brewers Twitter <laughs> is we're all we're all changing our profile picture on Twitter to Shohei Otani in a Brewers hat. And it's fun. Yeah, it's we're all cute. getting a kick out of it. It's cute. Shut up. It's cute. I know. But we don't believe that that's actually going to happen. Based on what I see from WIP and from some of your tweets, you guys actually think that Juan Soto is in play and realistic and something that you want. Can you tell us about that? I'm interested. Well, first of all, Shohei as a rental for the rest of the year, I would I would mortgage anything to get him in Milwaukee. Like that's that's immediately you bring him in, you're a World Series contender. Like simultaneously, the best pitcher and hitter, maybe in baseball, and obviously on the team. Soto wise, the Padres are a dumpster fire. They're like the Mets with the payroll being crazy. Kind of just a, a weird losing culture out there. Like you can't put your finger on it. They're so good on paper. And when you watch them play, you think they're a good team, and then they find miraculous ways to lose games. The Mets are the same way, but the Mets are more pathetic. And I wouldn't be surprised if they dealt him. He looks really unhappy there. They just traded for him last year, but his contract only runs up to the end of next year. So his maximum value might end up being right now for what they could get, even though they ended up mortgaging a lot to trade for him last season. And in terms of the fit with the Phillies, I mean, it's perfect. Like, they have Kyle Schwarber in left field, who might be the statistical worst defensive baseball player of all time. Like It's been that bad, even though the catch somehow that he made last night, which surprised all of us, 
he would slide in perfectly to left. You're not trading for a rental. That's a guy that if you get him to buy in, you can extend and that's your left fielder for a decade. I mean, he's, he's one of the best offensive players coming up young youth-wise that baseball has seen. Like he, he's in the class of, of Ted Williams and others with some uh, homers, walks, getting on base. He's an incredible player, looks very unhappy out there. So if you're able to get a guy like that, and it's not an old aging player that's going to fall off a cliff in a couple of years, like that's a, a franchise cornerstone. So we, we've talked ourselves into it. It's also the Phillies' best pitching prospect who was supposed to be on the team. We heard today he's going to get Tommy John surgery. So there is a <laughs> sense of, uh, whatever, they're prospects. Let's just go all in. Yeah. Hey, Ben, uh, what's the biggest story out there? Is it the Phillies and the demise? Is it the Eagles in the upcoming season? Is it Joel Embiid saying that he's going to win a championship, whether it's in Philly oh. or somewhere else, kind of Harden. opening the door for a trade? Uh, the Harden story. What's the biggest story in Philly right now? It's the, today it's the Phillies. It, it changes on the day. It's a question of what we can complain about. And the problem with the Eagles at the moment is there really isn't anything. There isn't a question of quarterback. There isn't a defensive coordinator we don't like. So everyone's excited for training camp. But, but you know it. When, when Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback and he's on podcast saying ridiculous things, like you, you need something to complain about with that. So the, the Eagles are too perfect, really. And, and there's nothing to harp on them about. Joel Embiid, I, I mean, that was a big story yesterday. And people, like, some of us have just become apathetic towards the Sixers where – Okay, I get it. They're good. They'll be in the playoffs, but they're not going to win anything unless something material changes. So talking myself into the moves they can make this offseason or how they can build a better team around and beat, it's a, it's a pretty depressing conversation because you realize that there aren't any real good options or realistic ones. So everyone comes back to the Phillies, which is a, a glimmer of hope, and it also gets the sickos out to complain about Kyle Schwarber hitting 180. <laughs> Hey, real quick before I let you go, did you uh, did you check with the powers that be and say, hey, look, uh, I need to be on a plane and heading out to uh, Vegas for Super Bowl this year? Um, no, I have not done that yet. There are a couple boxes I would like to have checked uh, before we get to that point. Uh, something that that I'm sure I can inform you and Grant of off air. But no, okay. I've I've not tried. I mean, if the Eagles are in it, I, I could try to pull it, but. Okay. I mean, you know, Bill, in Vegas at, at that time of year with the Super Bowl in town, whether it's yep. comped or not, that's a uh, that's a challenging trip to make. Yep. No, I get it. Uh, and uh, nothing about that will be comped for you. Unless you go see if you don't went with us. But now Grant Bills could be warming the bed that you would have been laying your head in, you know? And, and, um, and yeah. Wow, I didn't even think uh, about that. Wow. <laughs> I guess now that you mention it, maybe <laughs> Vegas in the winter. I I suppose I we could. booked the house, Ben. Ben, we've got a four bedroom house with a pool, a hot tub. We're twelve minutes off the strip. Mike Clemens has his own lodging, so you don't have to see him wearing nothing but a pair of tidy whities and his uh, snuffleupagus mask for the CPAP machine. So life is good. And then you took off at that period of time. Grant Bill slides right in and sucks up all the riches. I I heard Grant wears a speedo. So he could slide in well in Vegas. Time. You better believe it. I'm going to let it all hang out in Vegas. With that, with that stash, it's a porn. It's a porn speedo for God's sakes. Oh my God! Yeah, all right, Ben. Content, you, Bill, you, Grant getting arrested. <laughs> you take care. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm laughing too hard. You take care. We'll touch base soon, pal. Okay. All right, Bill. Miss Thanks, you. Ben. Bye, Grant. All right, Bye, Ben. See you guys. <laughs> there you go. One young Ben Kenny.
Never even got in. He didn't even gloat uh, that uh, Christian Yelich is sitting at 13 home runs on the season. He, didn't even gloat about He it. messaged me the other day. I don't remember why. I think I text him, hey, could you come on this week? And he goes, yeah, as long as Bill admits Yelich is back. He's very hung up on it, Bill. He he, oh, he is committed to you uh, coming around and buying in fully to Yelich. It's not about, no, I can't. I'm not, I'm not doing <laughs> that yet. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. All right, let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with... What did we miss? That is coming up next on the Bill Michael Show, so stay tuned for all of that. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at The Nice Ash, downtown Waukesha, Wisconsin. Great place to go. Music on the weekends. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they have entertainment, live music, and uh, they have a terrific selection of uh, fine bourbons and whiskeys and walking humidor and hookahs and all kinds of good stuff. 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Tell Joette and the staff, Dan's the bartender and Trish is the bartender and Haley's the bartender. They're all great people. And David as well. Say hi. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you, the Bill Michael Show. We uh, continue on. Hey, a uh, reminder that uh, Steel Tank Brewing, uh, Dave and the gang out of Steel Tank doing a great job, and they're prepping for the motorcycle ride that's coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. Please, again, if you have not registered, get pre-registered. There's a lot of great pre-registration prizes, including a trip for two to go down and see the Packers open up in Chicago with an overnight stay at the Chicago Grand Riverwalk. But uh, our friends at Steel Tank Brewing on Roebrook Lane out there in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bank off of 67, great job. They're out there excavating some of the property right now to be able to lay down uh, some area for the bikes to park. And there's going to be all kinds of parking and street shutdown and a lot of good stuff. But Steel Tank Brewing, also the home of some really, really good food and really creative beverages when it comes to their own home brews. So check out our friends at Steel Tank Brewing, uh, a good small microbrew right here in the state of Wisconsin. Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc is where you can find them. All right, it is time. Time now for What Did We Miss? I don't have any music for this, like buy or sell. <laughs> You're killing me. Sorry, I, I know. You had a big setup, and it was great, and I wish I'd, but I, I don't. So I'll, I'll get to work on That's that. That's okay. That'll be a project for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. What do we got? Well, I didn't write down a ton. One thing I wrote down at the very beginning of the show, and this is good. We can kind of do a reset. For those who maybe weren't listening at 10 o'clock, you mentioned that Ben Tainai is going to be singing the national anthem at your motorcycle yes. ride to benefit the Fisher yes. House. Uh, and I didn't want to interrupt at the time, but I, I was wondering, have you reached out to Bob Keselowski? Maybe he could sing God Bless America, maybe in the middle or at the I, end of the know, ride. Let's load up the I, cast, all-star singers. Yeah, I have not, and uh, that's that's a good point. I know this year we're doing some stuff different, uh, or adding stuff. I shouldn't say different, but... Uh, we've always had a veteran sing, and this year uh, one of the singers we had had to bail. And so, and Ben was, uh, he's a friend of mine on Facebook. I, sh- I reached out to him, and he said, absolutely, he'd do it. But there's some other, I, I don't want to give away all the surprises. Uh, and, and some are very solemn. Some are, some are cool, you know. But uh, we've got a couple of things that we're doing this year that we haven't done before. And we are going to have a flyover uh, this year. Uh, which was really cool last year. We had a World War II plane uh, give us a flyover. We got some additional stuff from the commemorative Air Force Wing that's going to come in and do a flyover. 
Uh, we got all kinds of cool stuff, but Ben is is one of the highlights. Uh, we got a couple of really good speakers. We are hoping, knock on wood, to get a. And I he told me he was going to be there, but until he says I'm on my way, I I just I'm I'm holding off. But uh, we got a couple of people that say we want to be there, and it would be just awesome if they both showed up. So we're uh, we got some, but we got some really cool stuff. We got really neat stuff coming up for the motorcycle ride this year. That's exciting. There you go. One yep. thing that I saw, and I'm going to talk about it on my show tonight, and I heard Rowdy mention this on the morning show this morning. Julio Tehran got touched up early last night, and I think mm-hmm. Bill, you maybe thought the same thing I did. It was like, oh boy, okay, this one's going to get away from the crew. This one's going to get out of hand. This probably isn't a game that I need to watch all the way through. And it turned out that Julio Tehran kind of kept the lid on the place, gave the Brewers a chance. Did you know that the Brewers are tied with the Phillies for 40 quality starts so far this year? That's only seven behind the best team in baseball at 47. So I guess my point is, see that. you know, the injuries to Brandon Woodruff and, and Peralta has been up and down and Corbin Burns hasn't been that Cy Young level player. We've seen Colin Ray and, and these other guys. The starting pitching has actually remained pretty darn good and kept the Brewers is, in games. Ben, or excuse me, uh, Grant, that's the reason we've been talking about that. Ben was just mentioning that, too. The pitching's what's keeping this team in it. I mean, even when Bob Nightingale was on earlier and Bob was talking about the pitching and we were talking about the run differential, it's the pitching that's kept them in it. Uh, they they don't have a juggernaut of an offense. They've got, I think they're 25th. Maybe they moved up to 23rd. But they don't have a juggernaut of an offense, but their pitching has kept them in games, and it just takes them a couple of key hits here or there, three, four runs a game, and their pitching's been good enough, and that's the reason they are where they are. So, uh, yeah, when, when I saw that statistic, knowing some of the struggles of this team, specifically with the injuries to the starting pitching, I saw that, I think, oh, I don't think it was last night, it was the night before. Uh, no, no, I take it back, it was last night. It was last night. They had it up as a graphic uh, on the pregame show. As I was grilling, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute, really? And, I mean, it, it's not overwhelmingly surprising, but compare, c- considering all the injuries, yeah, it was. it's impressive to how good the starting pitching has been for the Brewers. And, Bill, the, the funny one, I try to think of instances where a Brewers starter has come in, got shelled, and the game was basically over. It was out of hand, right? Corbin Burns has done that a few times, Freddie Peralta. I can't think of a time where Julio Tehran or Colin Ray or Adrian Hauser has come in and just gave the game away in the first inning or two. Even their lesser starters, their fill-in-the-blank kind of starters who filled in for injuries, they might not be pitching like aces, but for the most part, they have this team in it every night, and I don't think we've talked enough about that. And the Brewers pitching staff as a whole is, I think, ranked in the top 12 in Major League Baseball with ERA and whip and strikeouts and everything. I mean, they're one of the better overall because it's it's not often you get both a good starting rotation and a good bullpen usually got one or the other and the brewers are pretty strong in both and they've been good they've had a couple of hiccups here or there we all know that but for the most part they they've been pretty good and again that's what's keeping them in games it's been impressive i I don't know what what it is the organization that's about it i well you covered dave matthews so well today i was going to say we didn't talk enough about (laughs) dave matthews but that's just not true (laughs) yeah We kind of gave up uh, too much uh, on Dave Matthews today. Uh, tomorrow, we will uh, obviously talk about game two. And uh, I'm encouraging you to download the app because tomorrow's game on the East Coast in Philadelphia is like 1135. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's early. Yeah. Which means I think uh, over the air on many stations, we're only going to get about an hour of the program. So download the app, WOZN, The Zone, Madison. Download that app and uh, going to be good to go. So. Uh, by the way, the uh, Jets offensive guard, uh, offensive tackle George Fant, 
is now going to the Titans, they say. So that was one of those developing stories coming out of New York today. There's more New York news. We can't get enough of it. Aaron Rodgers walking through a front door. Oh, my God. Uh, it's it's like Joe Namath has come back, and he's ready to go and predict that they're going to win a Super Bowl over the dreaded Baltimore or, or Baltimore, uh, Baltimore Colts. So, anyway, that's going to do it. Good stuff today. Time for us to go. We'll talk about it again tomorrow. Until then, have a going. Rosie and Madison, the zone. <laughs>